Nitro Maniacs, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Nitro Mania podcast. My name is Adam, I am your host, and this is the show where right when you think things can't get any weirder, Monster Truck. This is the 57th edition of the Nitro Mania podcast, meaning there is now one episode for each person who died during the riots at 20th Century Fox Studios on Pluto Nash Day, one episode for each variety of food produced by H.J. Hines, and one episode for each lap in the Bahrain Grand Prix. Last week on the show, Hulk Hogan murdered Randy Savage, and Jeff Jarrett appeared out of nowhere. Lord knows what this week will bring. It is Monday, October 14th, 1996, and we are live from the Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee. Mid-South was, of course, the home base for Jerry Lawler and the USWA. This is somehow the first time we visited this arena. We will return to this arena four more times over the course of this program. Let's run down our current list of champions. Nothing has changed from last week. Just add seven days. Harlem Heat have been tag champs for 13 days. Regal has been television champ for 55 days. Hogan world champ for 65 days. Mysterio cruiserweight champ for 98 days. And Flair U.S. champ for 99 days. So this is Memphis, the 25th largest city in the United States, home to Graceland, Sun Studio, and a whole bunch of litter. And tonight, we start the show with lights and pyro and screaming. Tony reminds us that we ended last week with the murder of Randy Savage. Larry says Randy is better off without Elizabeth. We go back for a replay of the murder of the Macho Man. Personally, I think it would be funny if they were using the same canvas and it still had Macho Man's outline painted on it. Your opening contest tonight is Dean Malenko versus Brad Armstrong. Dean enters with Mysterio's mask again. Armstrong enters with his extremely patriotic jacket. The match begins, and sadly, there is no outline on the mat. This is apparently a rematch from a recent Saturday night episode where Brad defeated Dean under questionable circumstances. Then Larry and Tony start talking about Nick Patrick's neck injury instead of the match at hand. Armstrong's mullet is fucking awful. Larry then tries to say the word spontaneous. He tried to get the offense mounted. Malenko, he stepped outside the ring. He cut it off. Again, Armstrong boys, all of them, very traditional wrestlers. And that's good in one sense, but you've got to be spontaneous. I mean, you've got to have spontaneity. You know the word I mean. I know exactly what you mean. It's a big word. It's a big one. It sure is, Larry. It's a, it's a big word. Malenko counters a maneuver, picks the leg, and ties Armstrong up in some sort of small package for the victory. This 
is your Valvoline high-performance move of the week. Deborah and Mongo then try to sell us blue denim Monday Nitro shirts for just $39.95. Then the NWO arrive in two limousines. We go back to Saturday night for Duggan versus Wall Street and Nick Patrick reversing his decision because Duggan used tape. This is still stupid, and now we have to have a rematch. Nick Patrick isn't the referee for this match, so ex- expect Duggan to cheat and not pay any repercussions for it. Duggan starts a USA chant because that's all he's got. For fuck's sake, his opponent's name is Wall Street. Wall Street, by the way, needs a fucking haircut. I have a very simple question to ask. Was Jim Duggan ever a good wrestler? Duggan goes for the tape. Wall Street steals the tape. Duggan hits the three-point stance charging clothesline and pins Wall Street for three. Awful. When we come back from break, enter Hugh Morris as Tony tells Minneapolis fans to buy tickets for the show on Friday. His opponent is Jim Powers. Again. At one point, Powers whips Morris into the buckles and gives him a hip toss on the rebound. Tony calls this a beal out of the corner. No, Tony. No, it wasn't. Patrick is in counting. Patrick is counting incredibly slowly on pins by Powers, which makes Teddy Long quite upset. He counts the three count for Morris following the moonsault without issue. Nick Patrick and Teddy Long yell at each other. Thankfully, this happens on camera for the world to hear. This Saturday night, Rough and Ready versus the Faces of Fear, plus Luger, Page, Jericho, and a bunch of other names Tony listed off far too quickly for me to take down. Enter Greg the Hammer Valentine. He is facing Lex Luger tonight. Luger's ribs are taped thanks to that vicious beating from that plastic chair by Arn Anderson last week. Arn is watching the match backstage. He is literally sitting by himself at a table in a darkened room with only a monitor on it. It's very bleak. Uh, Ted DiBiase and Vincent appear in the crowd. Tony tells us that Hogan is demanding to make a live announcement tonight on Nitro. They literally spend the entire match harping on how bad Luger's back is and how much it must be hurting him. And earlier in the match, Luger tried to pick Valentine up for a suplex and couldn't. But Luger still wins with the torture rack. Tony then speaks to Nick Patrick. Tony tells Nick that if he's too injured to referee, he needs to not referee, and then tells him that the WCW Championship Committee has denied his request to fine the Macho Man a million dollars, instead fining him a mere $500 and suspending him for, quote, the first five matches, unquote, of 1997. Not the first five shows, not the first five weeks, the first five matches so what's that like a nitro and a half tony then shows footage of the masked referee from saturday night and accuses nick patrick of being the masked referee patrick denies this says it looks more like randy anderson and threatens to sue apparently the nwo get their own segment on wcw saturday night we come back from break with about 25 seconds left on the dynamite and a theme song plays that i don't recognize is that that's gotta be anus that's gotta be anus needless pyro and today introduces us to our two introduces bobby and says there's no eric bischoff but this is because eric is going to try and speak with the macho man who is apparently enus's opponent tonight 
Macho Man calls out Hogan, Eric asks him about Elizabeth, and plays a video from Elizabeth. She is sitting on a tree swing, apparently Randy built her that swing, and she cries and apologizes. It is terrible, though this is the most emotion we have seen from Elizabeth in the history of this show. This video is far too long and legit looks like it's from a soap opera or one of those Vaseline-lensed Barbara Walters soft focus interviews. Bischoff asks Macho for a response. What a fucking dick. Hey, Randy, I know you just watched a very emotional video from your ex-wife. You're obviously near tears. Let me stick this mic in your face repeatedly and demand that you talk to me about this video. Macho starts to leave, then turns around and heads for the ring, and then turns around and just straight up leaves the building in an extremely conveniently parked white stretch limo. Then, the NWO t-shirt commercial. My favorite part about that segment is that the TV that Macho watched the Elizabeth video on is like one of those AV carts from the library when you were in elementary school and it was it was movie day in, in class. Good stuff. We come back for the actual intro to Hour 2 with everyone at the desk. Is, is Mike Enos still in the ring? Bobby calls out Eric for being a complete dick. Tanae agrees. Fuck you, Eric. Enter Eddie Guerrero. He is taking on Cheetah Kid, who is already in the ring. He couldn't just take on Mike Enos? Cheetah Kid, for anyone wondering, is Prince Ayakea, who has already debuted on this show, wearing tiger-striped pants and a mask. Cheetah Kid. It is a less horrible create a lucha than El Tecnico, or whatever the fuck Billy Kidman's fake lucha gimmick was from a couple of weeks ago, but it's still not good. They give Eddie a Goldman box to talk about how he's going to beat Cheetah Kid. Well, mention how he's going to beat Cheetah Kid and then yell about DDP some more, a bit. Cheetah Kid spends the entire match adjusting his pants after each move. Honest to God. Eric then breaks kayfabe by apologizing to the entire Poffo family for being a total dick to Macho Man. Frog Splash finishes off Cheetah Kid. Bobby explains that the jackknife during the Frog Splash increases the acceleration as Eddie falls to the canvas. I don't think that's how physics works, Brain. When we come back, Lee Marshall calls in from Minneapolis. They are desperate to sell tickets to the Target Center. Lee Marshall's picture is so fucking stupid. Uh, then they talk about the weather in Minneapolis. Honestly. Lee Marshall is such a radio guy. That's a beautiful sign-off on the 1010-220 road report. Enter Big Bubba. He no longer looks like a gay biker. I guess they could only have one at a time, and it was Scott Steiner's turn. He is facing Jeff Jarrett tonight. Eric then makes a sideways reference to the real Double J story over on Raw, and then says WCW is not about singing. Double J is over huge in his hometown, no surprise. Eventually, Bubba threatens to murder Jarrett by slicing his throat open on the upside-down ring steps, but Mark Curtis steps in, thankfully. Apparently, Jimmy Hart is jealous because he's also from Memphis, but Jarrett gets all the pops. Meh. Jarrett wins by drop-kicking Jimmy's megaphone into Bubba's face. Tony talks to Jeff in the aisle. He's talking to Jarrett, but staring into the camera. Tony says that Jarrett got his wish and will be facing the giant at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Remember... You can't just call it Halloween Havoc. You have to call it Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Back from break and enter the Faces of Fear. They are facing Harlem Heat. We come back for the bell and Mongo and Benoit appear in the aisle almost immediately. The red carpet has been laid out, despite this being an unannounced visit. Booker T hits a pathetic-looking superkick and Meng staggers around like an idiot. The match goes on until the NWO show up. All four of the competitors stand off with the Outsiders at the barricade, and Randerson just stops the match, so I guess it's a no contest. Eric begs for Sting to come back as we go to break. 
We come back and Eric promises that if Macho Man shows up at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, which is still two weeks away, mind you, that Hogan doesn't have a chance. He then has to be told that the NWO are coming in through the entrance. Hogan starts off by promoting the new Three Ninjas movie, I swear to God. Hogan calls Elizabeth the greatest actress in the world. She tries to slap him, but he stops her. He says that Macho isn't worthy of a title shot because he cried. Then the Nasty Boys show up in NWO t-shirts. Nobbs immediately demands more money, and it turns out that Hogan didn't actually sign the contract, so they're not actually in the NWO, so they're wearing the shirts without being members, and so the NWO beat the shit out of them. The NWO then beat the shit out of every fan in the building who is wearing an NWO t-shirt without having a signed contract from Hulk Hogan saying that they're in the NWO. Anyway, I am perfectly okay with them beating the shit out of the Nasty Boys. 100% okay. Hogan goes back to talking about Elizabeth and Macho. She's going to get a haircut, apparently. The Outsiders take over commentary to talk to Harlem Heat. Scott calls them out for being from Texas and not Harlem. Then Hogan grabs a headset and tries to talk, but the headset is turned off, thankfully. Then, for some reason, we close the show on a replay of Macho watching Liz's video and crying and then leaving. Swear to God. <sighs> this was... Ugh. You literally took your world title contender, who is in all likelihood going to lose at the pay-per-view, Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, and had him cry and leave in the middle of the show. What the actual fuck were you thinking? If you watch anything this week, I guess Malenko and Armstrong. It was decent. Bubba and Jarrett wasn't that bad either. You could check that out as well. Uh, this episode of Nitro has a 3.33 on Cage Match and a 3.3 TV rating. How about that? Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, we are three weeks old from Hershey, Pennsylvania, with episode number 180 of Monday Night Raw, the go-home show for in-your-house mind games. Vader defeats Phineas I. Godwin with a Vader bomb. An ad for Survivor Series weekend, the Hall of Fame on Saturday and the Survivor Series on Sunday in New York City. Jim Ross then interviews Mr. Perfect in the ring. Jerry Lawler does 10 minutes of Jake Roberts' drunk jokes. Then Roberts pretends to be drunk in order to beat Lawler in seconds. More on the real Double J. Hunter Hearst Helmsley almost defeats Freddie Joe Floyd, but gets counted out thanks to Mr. Perfect. Sonny shows off a picture of herself. Mankind promises to bury the Undertaker. Farouk defeats Alex the Pug Porto. Kevin Kelly calls the Dominator the Tiger Bite during that match, and I don't ever remember it being called that. Uh, we get a clip from Livewire of Farouk talking to Ahmed Johnson. And then Shawn Michaels defeats Stone Cold Steve Austin by disqualification. This episode of Raw has a 3.8 on cage match, beating Nitro there, but pulled in an absolutely pitiful 1.8 TV rating. Elsewhere in the world, on October 14, 1996, Nikolai Volkov turned 49, Shaggy Two Dope turned 22, and Stacy Keebler turned 17. And that does it for 96, so we return to 2018. Sorry, 2019. Still not used to that, so I can tell you that the only time you can see me live and in person this month is on January 10th, 26th at the John E. McCarthy, McCarthy, Jeff, McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts for Liberty States Wrestling Presents Winter Warfare. 
If you have a moment, please visit the brand new rundownwrestling.com, the home of the Rundown Wrestling Network online. If you like what you see there and you want to help keep us running, we will always accept donations. To make a one-time donation, visit paypal.me slash rundownwrestling, or for even more fun and entertainment, become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Exclusive shows, early access, all for as little as $5 a month. If you go there right now, you'll find an exclusive bonus episode of Making the Grade, where I go actually in depth in covering the uh, NXT Takeover, U- NXT yeah, the Silverbos NXT UK Takeover Blackpool event that happened last weekend. Uh, every last penny that you donate goes directly back into the show to pay for the Potomatic hosting and now for the website. So please, uh, if you can spare a little money, send it our way. We would appreciate that. We do. Uh, appreciate all of our donors very, very much. As we draw ever closer to Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, I see that next week is the go-home episode of Monday Nitro, so I will tell you then who my special guest will be for the Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc episode the week after. Until then, however, keep your podcast dials locked to the Rundown Wrestling Network for a whole slew of wrestling news and reviews, and I will talk at you next week right here on Nitromania. Pull up your socks and get ready.